Right, is everybody ready to go? <laughs> okay, so fuck it. With me, with Brian Dress, with me as always, Jonathan Harsey. I really wish Emily you Blake. <laughs> Butts. Chewy. Hi. <laughs> I just wanted to get it done and out of the way as fast, fast. as possible. Yeah, that was that was the Stop whole point. Stop to talk about it. It's helping. Yeah, no, that, I'm fucking it up. All right, the special <laughs> guest today is Sam Garrison. Hi, Sam. Hello. And then we have a new guest, has never been on before, director of episodes of Rick and Morty and Teen Titans Go. We have Brian Newton. Hello. <laughs> With the most mellow hello out of the whole gang. I'm nonplussed. <laughs> He's playing it cool. He's got his goggles on and he's lightly like stroking his Why beard. Are you outing me? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're playing it real cool. Like mm. And nothing makes somebody feel more cool than being called out for playing it cool. <laughs> I know. It's supportive. Like it's I'm supportive describing how you look. He has goggles on his head. They're cool. Also, yeah. this is an audio podcast, so the listeners do need some heads up. Visual. They need to know about the goggles. Yeah. That's the first thing I said when I saw them. I was like, nice apocalypse yeah, goggles. Because the goggles are going to come into play. They really are. <laughs> I feel like goggles is too generic, though. What if it's like minion goggles on his head? Oh, they're not minion goggles. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just be topical. It's it's burning outside. It's that's true. Hellscape, yeah. So that's why I have yeah. goggles. We are recording from a location that was almost on fire last night. They're just making me think of the Ash Book of Eli now, where they all had to wear goggles. Yeah. Mm. Too bad that was a bad movie. Yeah, it was. A bad movie. <laughs> Still don't understand the ending. Now we have Dark Tower, so I wonder which I haven't is seen Dark Tower. I haven't either, but I want to compare them. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. Like, great, I did uh, want to do that, too. Yeah. A great double feature. Like, mm-hmm. which one's worse? Yeah. Well, does Idris Elba end up being blind for no real reason? <laughs> Wait, you, you mean Denzel Washington? I, but Idris Elba being blind in Dark Tower. Are we talking is about he? Book of Eli? Yeah. I, that's why I'm yeah. asking. I have no idea. <laughs> I've never seen it. Which one? Book I'm just going on with the hate train. You're talking about Book of Eli? I don't like that movie. <laughs> that movie's bad. That was the best You're, negative like, face. so wrong. Yeah. And I don't mean that this in a Battleship bad. way. I mean, like, that movie's legitimately good. Mm. Oh, man, What do you guys, mean Battleship is... is not legitimately All right, that's good? Gonna be another... <laughs> oh, boy. Oh. You two can enjoy <laughs> your bad movie love of those. Wait, 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 wait. No, Book of Eli is a good fucking movie. Uh, I just Fuck wanted to do it. It's not, I will fight you. It's not terrible. Oh, man. It's I, just not great. You're so wrong. I no. actively got upset while watching it and be like, this is terrible. I did not, you're terrible. I did not enjoy Book of Eli. Good comeback. <laughs> I know. I'm Hi. good at comebacks. Uh, let's do uh, Where Have You Been Doing? You guys ready for Where Have You Been Doing? Oh, shit. Uh, yes. I will go first. I watched The Defenders, and it is real okay. <laughs> that's that's real that's really all right yeah, yeah it, it is that's, sure that's fine <laughs> it's a show on netflix mm-hmm. it has uh has eight episodes most of them are pretty good some of them are not and mm. then it's over yep and they end in the exact same place they started in the beginning of the show and it annoys the crap they out had of a me. good oh, yeah. uh advertising campaign where they look like they were in a band yeah oh, yeah that's true which, those which band photos were awesome guardians did as well they yeah. did yeah. Yeah. maybe it's a marvel thing now all the team-up shows get band they're posters. cool <laughs> i did yeah, really there were a couple of really cool editing moments oh though. yeah like, there's some really good stuff in there but just as a whole the, really it, the middle the middle's yeah. the best yeah. chunk of it yeah that yeah. that scene where iron fist is about to get his ass beat mm-hmm. and luke cage busts in <laughs> first the first of all that looked cool and the whole fight scene was cool but also the music cue mm-hmm. yeah it's like you start hearing the hip-hop and you're like oh here he comes here yeah. he comes <laughs> did, you, oh, yeah. did you guys notice how like you were mentioning the editing before how like each tonally when you cut to one of the defenders the color code yeah. coincided with them and then like all the luke cage sequences had musical sequence that kind of coincide yeah. with luke cage yeah see now that's yeah. cool i'll actually, yeah. I'll actually oh, watch that because of this it's mm-hmm. totally worth your time it's not a bad show it's just 
I had expected the amount of joy. I don't know why I was holding it this high up, but the amount of joy that I got from the first time I saw the Avengers were like, oh, all these things mm-hmm. came together and it was so great. It's not that. And it's not that. Do you it's think just because we're oversaturated? No. Uh, no, it, it's just, it could have been better. Yeah, it, it just, had the potential. It, it's yeah. they didn't really do very well with their villain. They they really yeah. did not let her do anything and she really kind of felt out of place. And like I, I just And you're saying they status they kind of status quoted at the end? Totally. Yeah, like, uh, here, here's a, a comment I have that no one else has ever pointed out, at least any review I've read. You notice on uh, the first Daredevil season, they drew a lot from the Daredevil like mythos. Like they had yeah. the owl, they had like the machinist dude, like either like side characters they just kind of toss in there just for the fans. There's none of that in the mm. Defenders. They just create characters out of whole cloth. I'm like, why don't you go through the Marvel library and pick someone you can use? Yeah, I mean, to represent not... like the characters, the hand or whatever. I, I honestly would have been weird. okay with them being like versus uh, Fisk. Like that mm-hmm. would have been a oh, better villain. I was hoping he was coming back. Yeah, yeah. But no, it's not. It's definitely not a bad show. I'm still wondering why a white lady ended up being the head of the hand. Yeah, that's really weird they, too. They they do kind of explain it. It's they a, do. It's I the hands like. So. Spoiler alert: the hands diverse. So yeah. there's uh, is what the diverse. hands diverse. It's like there's an African dude, there's a white woman. Oh, see, all I knew of the Chinese, hands, I thought it was Japanese. specifically an Asian. It thing. should be, in the comics, <laughs> but they they decide to diversify a little oh. bit. Yeah. So there's, you're saying they didn't learn from season two of Daredevil? No. Uh. But it's like I said, it's it's a good show. It is yeah, definitely yeah. worth your time. But like the reviews that give it like six, seven out of ten, I kind of agree with those. Yeah. Okay. And the, and the worst things about it are all the things it drew from Iron Fist. Yeah. 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 Which is oh. sadly a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, How but, much do I have to much. catch up on these Marvel shows to watch it? Just skip Iron Fist. Yeah, you can, right. well, I would I would watch like the last like three episodes of Iron Fist, so you kind of see where he was at the end of the show. First and last. I would yeah, say. yeah, okay, yeah. first and last that would work. So you know who he is, and you know where he ended up. Okay. Because um, there is something that happens at the end of Iron Fist that really plays a major point in the show. Okay. Um, but otherwise, so skip the whole fucking thing. Okay. <laughs> it's like meeting a person and be like, "All right, so I need to know your beginning and your end, but all of your content is terrible, so I don't really know want to know yeah. much about you." Forget your middle. But <laughs> I, I, say, I your I personality watched... is. Shit. It's kind I of a Danny Rand character. I watch everything else, but I also watch like the first half of Iron Fist and Lost Interest, and I still have no trouble following. Yeah, it, even it, I didn't they, see the last. Episode. They do a pretty good job. Like the first episode, they do a pretty good job of catch up on. If you skipped like Luke Cage or Iron Fist, like they kind of tell you who they are and where they're yeah, at. Why would you mm-hmm. skip Luke Cage? Yeah, Luke mm-hmm. Cage is fucking great. Um, I I'm, still am a little annoyed. I, I was just couldn't so... finish it because I loved him so much in Jessica Jones, and he felt like a different character. When oh, definitely. I started Luke Cage, and I didn't like him as much. Luke Cage was played the the series was played more for comedy because that's kind of the tone of the the original Luke Cage comics. Okay, where it's very much tongue in cheek because they're playing off black exploitation, so they made a black exploitation television series. Okay, yeah, that's why it's a different. It feels like a different character because Jessica wish, Jones isn't that. Sorry, my fault. No, I just I wish Mahershala was it. In the whole series, yes. Yeah. Mm, I generally really so feel that way about you him and everything. Though I have such a man crush on him. I guess. If he walked through the door, our marriage would be in trouble. Like, Herschel, get out of here. <laughs> He's like, shoo him out. <laughs> you got a He's broom. like, Brian's just a puddle on the out. floor now. <laughs> He's great. What can I say? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's it for me, though. Somebody else wants to go. I finally finished Doctor Who. I caught up. Uh, and I, for a while, I was just lagging, going, the season is boring. The season's boring. Oh, it got interesting again. Yes, thank you. It ended on a high note. Oh, you totally muffeted the ending. Okay, fine. <laughs> All right, potentiality of tragedy and drama. Oh, everything's fine. Mm. Ugh, Moffat. Is it the new Doctor yet? 
Has she started? No, that no, starts at Christmas. That's okay. after the Christmas episode. We'll probably see her like right there. Yeah. The episode mm-hmm. would be my guess. But it's just—it's so annoying once you really start caring about a companion, you get attached to them. Finally, wondering, we like, when are you really gonna let this girl shine? And then you get to the end of the show, and then you're like, ah, all right. No, no one beats Doctor Donna though. No, Donna's amazing. She's Thank you. I'm a rose. Donna's great. I'm a rose person. I like Rose, well, rose too. Rose is great. Yeah. Rose is a ride or die chick. But the, I like Donna, <laughs> Donna is the greatest example of That's you really so made me love a companion. And even though her ending is tragic, it's it, it, yeah. by holding on to the tragedy, you make her even more special. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem I've had with Moffat the last three years. If every time he hits the tragedy moment, he really makes you feel things, and then he goes, "But oh, sorry, no, it's all good. Everyone's happy." Because I... Moffat is so plot driven, he's so like the character. The companions don't exist to be people; they exist to be plot devices for him more yeah. often than not. And I think that's what's causing that problem is that he doesn't know how to make that about the characters. Just so hold on the to the story. tragedy. I will yeah. say, I think he gave Maisie Williams legit tragedy and didn't backpedal on it hmm. in season nine. Her story oh, yeah, was yeah. so sad. Yeah. yeah. Her story yeah. was sad, yeah. but she still ended up fine. She still ended up fine, but that wasn't the problem. The problem was that she was alone the whole time and like that yeah. he didn't do it in a way that felt like cheap. He gave her an actual companion. Like it that story actually played out the way that I feel it should have. It didn't ever pull a punch, in my opinion. Uh, it still Clara still ended up fine. Even I, though I, she I was, had a great tragedy lined up. I didn't and, say Clara, <laughs> I said Maisie Williams. Yeah, Maisie Williams. <laughs> Do you have anything else to say on Doctor Who? Should we move on? I, well, you haven't finished it, so I don't want to say much else. I appreciate that. <laughs> I will go. Go for it. Okay, I watched this amazing documentary on Netflix called Icarus about steroids and Russians and government conspiracy. It was insane. Like, it started off just being about this dude who wanted to win a bike race, and so he started taking steroids just to kind of experiment and see how he could compete. And so he found someone to help him get around the tests in the way that everyone is kind of getting around these steroid tests now and it unveiled this and it was this russian doctor and it turned into this whole crazy conspiracy like it started off as being i thought it was just gonna be like a standard like this is steroids i'm a buff dude now but it went to this crazy place where like you're literally dealing with the russian government killing people (laughs) and and it was amazing like it was it was such a journey it was so cool um, everyone was like the it was really well put together, really well made. They used some animation elements for parts of the story. Um, the editing was wonderful, and the people that they chose to focus on, granted, one of the guys was the director, but everyone was like charming, and you wanted to follow their story. Um, so I don't know, it was one of the best documentaries I've seen in a really long time. It was on Netflix, you said? Yeah. What was it called? Icarus. Icarus. I think I've heard of it. Also, lots of butts, because it's about a bicyclist, right? Hooray for butts! We like butts! <laughs> this is a pro-butt podcast. Yeah. Uh, next? I'll go. Uh, I've been watching season two of Adam Ruins Everything, which if you don't know Adam Ruins Everything, it is probably the greatest show that has ever been made in the history of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, Drunk History, thank you very much. Well, okay, Drunk History is a double feature of episodes of Drunk History with Adam Rhodes. Oh, they, they're pretty good together. Would they? be great, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Adam Rhodes, everything. Adam Conover is a comedian, um, but his family is all a bunch of fucking geniuses, and so he grew up here in facts a lot. So uh, basically, he <laughs> uh, he has a show where he smashes through commonly held misconceptions, like um, about the hymen being broken. That was my favorite episode. Um, about like uh, uh, how are we think we have like. 
Uh, that's a bad example because that doesn't really make any sense. But but this like this season he did like hospitals and why insurance costs are so high, why why pills cost a zillion dollars, mm-hmm. um, why like just all these cool things about like um, just different things that you think you knew all this time, and he'll be like actually. Uh, he's actually the the like the greatest mansplainer ever, but because <laughs> he sounds like, but he he really knows. I mean, he does his team does a bunch of research, and then this most recent episode, they ruined their own show. Oh yeah, uh, I saw that, little and that clip. was so great. Uh, like one of the people Adam is always uh, explaining things to came on and was like, actually, Adam, you fucked up this and this and this and this, and they pointed out all the mistakes they've made on the show and the times oh, they've been wrong, awesome. which was so great. Um, I just uh, God, I love that show. I, every time it comes, every time I see there's a new one, I'm like, yes. Yes, ruin something for me, Adam. Ruin something. It's great. Do you listen to his podcast? No. It's called Adam Ruins Everything. Um, <laughs> Interesting. It's uh, he actually in his podcast in like the first episode. He's like, if you like my show, you should definitely listen to this because my show, I get five minutes to ruin something. Here, I'm going to take a whole hour and spend it all on one topic. Hmm. So he like the one that I listened to was all about uh, prostitution in the old west, and it was fucking fascinating yeah. mm-hmm. it's how women took control of their lives yeah he mm-hmm. did that on the cowboy episode on the yeah, episode yeah, yeah, about the old yeah. west where he talked about how cowboys aren't what you think exactly and, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And cowboys and are actually the... very sad yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. kind of like slaves mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. get out there and be terrible yeah, yeah. pretty much I love his recent breakdown of uh, the art world because it's something I've been saying mm-hmm. for years having gone through art school I can always I've always been saying fine art is a scam <laughs> basically you go to art school and you come out of that and they bas- they tell you how to bullshit modern art specifically like if you have a practical skill like a communication toy fashion whatever those are practical skills you can take out and apply and work for somebody when it's just like oh i'm the next artur i'm gonna play in all the galleries i throw fucking feces on the wall and i call it, and, I, and i'm saying this is this is my uh this is my postmodern expressionistic about the capitalistic influences on the female body. I'm like, no, you're not saying anything. <laughs> you can do that piece, but it has to communicate. And my, my biggest problem with like fine art is that <laughs> art... He just adjusted yeah. himself in his chair for a visual. Yeah. <laughs> like art, at least effective art is supposed to communicate. And ideally, if it communicates to more people, that means you're you're more you're better at communicating it's a better art piece but if you're only talking to specific people who only have the little like secret code to decipher your little thing you're not communicating but it's i have not a good art. ring what am i supposed to do with my decoder <laughs> no. ring like oh you gotta find it out well it's like well where's the fucking legend oh where God. i can tell how am i supposed to decode your little thing well, well, well you know go on the scavenger hurt what if somebody made a puzzle video game about de- decrypting the meanings of fine art I feel like, like you've walked in the into a gallery. Yeah, uh-huh. that, that is the witness. Oh, I, I, I quit playing that game. I don't game. know that game. <laughs> because it got too frustrating. It's like, how many spheres do I have to find and do this dumb shit? Yeah. But, but really it, smart shit. It's a really challenging game. But I love Adam and I love the show for breaking down the art scene. Especially how it's just a racket for rich people. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, who, we're running low on our... Where are we doing time? Who's going next? I'll, I'll go next. Okay. Uh, quickly, I just started watching a, a series on Disney XD called Waypoint Presents. It's kind of an offshoot of the podcast I listen to, Waypoint Radio. Oh, that's a good show. And it's a documentary video series about uh, various aspects of gaming. And the first episode, they did a kind of a docu a docu episode on uh, the guy who created uh, Hyperlight Drifter. And so he's got this like rare heart condition, so he could like die, die at any time. And so there, that bled into the story of the game, where the character has a limited amount of time to live. Hmm. And it was very interesting, kind of watching them do their own kind of crunch, and they're like the small studio in L.A. somewhere. And just kind of hitting that deadline, that release. And just like, oh, we got tw- this is going to take 12 hours to upload. 
we're late, you know, like that kind of thing. It goes through all that in a really quick span of time. And it was really fascinating. Uh, and it's on Disney XD, which they've been kind of focusing on gaming a lot more now. Hmm. It's extreme. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's really well done. Really well done. I'm glad I supported that Kickstarter. Then. <laughs> I didn't know that about the dude. Uh, Brian, do you have one? Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm super sweaty, which nobody, I wish I didn't notice that. But uh, I saw Terminator 2 in 3D this weekend. Uh, I had seen it before, but they're doing like a special like anniversary thing. So they released it in theaters. And I saw... Uh, Laputa, also known as Castle in the Sky, oh. uh, the Miyazaki movie that they've also been doing a, a Miyazaki festival recently. So that's pretty cool. Just saw a bunch of movies. So I saw Terminator Two last Friday. I'm going again tomorrow. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that movie still holds up. It's yeah. one would of you the best say it's films. your favorite movie? I, I would. Yeah. Mm, that's a little strong for me, but it's yeah, up me there. too. The 3D is amazing. Though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two people at the table are right. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa, the 3D what? The 3D is amazing. Oh, and is it? Yeah, it's really cool. I still don't see 3D. But, no, you don't. But I, will, I bought my own glasses, which you can do if you didn't know. You can go on Amazon and buy your own 3D glasses that clip onto yours so you don't have to wear those big fucking hulking ones oh. over your glasses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just bought those. They should show up today. Because they don't really fit over James Gunn's glasses. No, these are my glasses. They just happen to be the same as James Gunn. We don't need to just... Make me feel not. It's special. just fun watching <laughs> watching the behind like the scenes transition. thing and be like, "Oh, James Gunn looks like my husband." Yeah, we do have the same glasses. And I found out when I talked to the guy who made them, he's like, "Oh, you're wearing the same frames as James Gunn." I'm like, "Oh, that's cool," but now I don't feel special. <laughs> Speaking of James Gunn, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so today, if you didn't notice when you downloaded the episode, we're talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume. Too. A lot of people are surprised now. Yeah. Listening. Wait, what am I listening to? I didn't read anything you guys posted. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, it wouldn't be the first time. I used to like to hide the name of the episode until the very end, and then I found out that really stopped people from downloading the episodes. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. I'm like, Brian, are you sure this is not just you being clever for yourself and the internet doesn't care? Yeah, it was 100% that. <laughs> <laughs> but I was having fun. Uh, so as we do, we're going to start with a 30-second breakdown. Uh, Brian, this is all you this week. Are you excited? Yes. <laughs> I love the timid yeses we get now. We used to get like the, yeah, I can do it. Now I get the, I guess. Uh, I'm so, not horribly excited about it. So I'm going to be breaking down the basic synopsis of Guardians of the Galaxy, Ga- Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Yeah, you get 30 seconds to say everything that happens in the movie. Spoilers are encouraged because okay. otherwise you're not saying everything that happens in the movie. Okay. Um, anything else? Be quick. Be quick, oh, yeah. Be quick. yeah. Be quick is very important. <laughs> so, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2, in 30 seconds. Here we go, 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 go! Okay, so we pick up almost where our heroes left off. Rocket's being a dick, and he steals some batteries from the gold people, who are amazing. Uh, and then they crash land on a, a planet, kind of like video game style, or maybe Star Trek Generation style. And then they get picked up by, uh, what's his face, uh, Snake Plissken. And they get taken <laughs> to... Uh, Snake's uh, Magical Homeland, which is fucking amazing. I bought the art book for his planet for that reason. <laughs> With his little, uh, his little, like, <laughs> I was about to say his Asian concubine. <laughs> oh. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining her frowning right now with her antenna going yeah, down. sad. <laughs> well, you failed at the breakdown, but it was very entertaining. Yeah. Oh, that's it? Okay. That's it. Oh, well. Uh... It's worth it for the ancient yeah. She's yeah. also French Canadian Russian. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like she's she's the, got a lot going on. She's all the things. Yeah. She's also an insect. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. 
She in a was way. a larva. Yeah. <laughs> he found her in her pop. Uh, what's that state? The pop. Larva? Pupil. Pupil. Oh, I can't say it. Pupi. Yeah. yeah. The, the word I have a hard time saying now. Okay. <laughs> oh, and Yanda is awesome. That's also important. That, that's also very important. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. So the only thing that wasn't in there, just as we talk spoilers for the whole thing, is Guardians win. I didn't get I didn't get the fact that Snake was a uh, fucking Star Lord's father. Oh yeah, that's yeah. also this important. Is the whole movie. Was, yeah, <laughs> I was about to get there. Yeah. It's okay. You got cut up at the Asian concubine. Yeah. <laughs> who is not Star Lord's mother, we should clarify. Yeah. Right. No. It's true. Well we know who his mom is. We got we got yeah. tipped on that. I mean if you're watching this episode and you haven't seen the movie and I mean that's or watching this episode. If you're watching this episode, that's amazing, first of all. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Tell us I'm how you're impressed. doing that. Tell us how you're doing that, please. Like those people with that condition where they can see color. Yeah. Uh, there you go. I wonder what I would look like with I my can voice. see podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> the worst it's way of using things. I'm in the X Men. Oh, what can you do? I can see podcasts. Oh, don't don't get them started. That'll be like the next generation, new generation. <laughs> I think it's really cool when people say that they can hear uh, when they hear things they see things i think that it's not just acid acid might have something to do with it no it's a real <laughs> condition uh all right where do we want to start on this thing who wants to dive in first there's a lot to talk about to start with the beginning really the, 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 the very opening, beginning the opening is it, scene is about it the very best place to start it's a uh, great opening song again yeah. The music's really. I think the music's better in this one than, than yeah. the, the first one. I think. No. I, I think the standalone don't. songs were better in the first one, but I think it plays to the tone he, of the movie here's, better. Here's my trick to that. They got basically the first movie went for the songs you expect to hear. Sure. Yeah, and that's why I think this one's better because they went for the songs you didn't expect to hear. Okay. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. And he wrote. I mean, they wrote a lot of this movie around a so- around Brandy. Yeah. Oh, no, totally. Which was, I mean, it was intricately which, worked into the plot. Which was great until they went. If you haven't caught on yet, this is what we're doing. <laughs> that was the problem for me, and and it was kind of an indictment of the whole movie. It felt like they took the things that worked about the first one and just cranked it. I'm sorry. There we are. You, you really have to point your sorry. face at these things. Yeah. So they took the things that worked about the first one and just cranked it up to the point where it was too much. I felt like everything was too on the nose. The music cues weren't fun because it just felt like they were dragging me along through this movie and oh my god have fun look at it it's it's period themed and i'm just like god stop like see i i, I liked the as far as the music goes in that i like that music especially like the way it starts with a uh, blue sky uh like that oh that's like the best song ever like well yeah it's such a great song and like the fact that james gunn did the mocap for Groot, yeah. like that was adorable yeah. i love watching the video of james gunn dancing because it's almost more adorable than watching baby Groot do it they have the that's same the hair. problem though yeah. this, was, they, this was the james gunn show i I just, when everybody <laughs> was the I was know, about that earlier. I know. James I got Gunn. two tickets to that show. <laughs> I'm. <I'll, laughs> Ryan is Have you met guns. James and Gunn? <laughs> yes, Ryan. Yeah. Thanks. I, yeah, I have no guns to flex. It's definitely the other one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, but I liked how they used the chain and the chain, yeah. um, the Fleetwood Mac song. Yeah, like they used it when the team was all broken up and mad at each other. And then it came back at the end when they were a team yeah. and the united, uniting. So that song has dual meaning in that movie, which is oh, really pretty cool. That's the it's best a great song. song anyway. That was the best song. Yeah. Songs. So great. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, I, there's, I was going to try to say something bad about the songs, but beyond what, what Sam said, like, but I, I get what Sam's saying about like, well, the songs. Well, these are not bad do, songs. They're, they're not bad songs. They wouldn't be in this movie. Yeah. Like, but, I'm not. <laughs> but they do, if you're not. The movie, with the songs, the movie kind of says it doesn't have full faith in its audience. Mm. And I think that's kind of the, the biggest problem well, with it. And also, I th- it also is aware that this isn't a risk anymore. Like, yeah. it, it, it has, there's a confidence to it, but it's also like, 
this is it does feel it's like you're saying like okay this is this is the Guardians of the Galaxy thing we're gonna do now. They're not it earning a, our attention as it was. Yeah. A, it was a victory one. lap. Yeah, yeah victory mm-hmm. lap. I think, and that's when they're, I guess, playing it safe because the first, one, the first movie's a risk, It's a super <laughs> yeah. risk, and this one's like, well, we can't take another risk with a risk, so I think yeah. that's their reasoning. And beyond the needle drops, one thing I thought was cool is that they scored the movie based off the script before they started shooting. So on set, he played the score for that scene, so the actors would already hear like the music that was playing. Hmm. And that was pretty cool. It helped everybody get into character a little better. I think. Mm. It's nice when you have the budget to be able to do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, like when you have Marvel money, you can be like these yeah. are the songs we're using. What about clearances? Oh no, we're, no, we'll no, get no them. I don't, don't mean the needle it. drops. I mean the score. Oh, just the yeah. score itself. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's also really nice. And yeah, I could the scene that definitely uh, I I want to say reeks, but I'm not suggesting anything negative. By is uh, when Yondu and Rocket break out of the Ravengers, like you can just oh. feel like they're listening to that song. I feel like the that, yeah, yeah, and I feel like that yeah. whole scene deserves an entire conversation because I mm-hmm. mean, God, that scene, you guys. I wish we well, could talk about a, it in no, a, a platform. <laughs> well, let's do it. Let's do uh, it. <laughs> here's the th- is like that scene. I think is. If you don't know what we're talking about, it's where Rocket and Yondu break out of their uh, the Ravager holdings and they kill everyone. And Yondu gets his fin. Yeah, finally. Yeah. Um, but that movie come like that scene comes with a lot of like people on both ends of the spectrum because before that scene, Marvel movies have played it kind of safe with the mass murdering. Like they kind of like they beat up bad guys and they all lie on the ground going, "Ow, my ribs!" They're all fucking dead. Yeah. They kill the <laughs> shit out of everyone. It's like. I- I know Chewie had a bigger problem than I did. I enjoyed watching all that because it was fun. I'm conflicted on it because I do really enjoy that sequence. I And I'm having a lot of fun with it, but it just hits a tipping point for me. Once they get into uh, like the command center where they can see all of the screens and then the, the music picks up and then they all start laughing and then there's just a moment where I'm like, you're all just they're, slaughtering these they're people. Yeah, they're so, psychopaths. Yeah, we're yeah, watching like, a movie about asshole psychopaths. Sociopaths. Like, yeah. for a moment, I'm not on their side. I'm like, I know they're bad. I know you're killing bad people, but there's a. You always reach a point where just because you're killing bad people doesn't mean it's a good thing. Like, there's just. You've clearly never played Grand Theft Auto. No. <laughs> or read The Punisher. Mm. I mean, I still love their characters and everything. It's just in that moment, they lost me for just a moment where I'm like, uh, maybe, well, maybe, maybe you don't need to. That's kill all of that's them that's maybe why these two people need the other people yeah because without them they're just uh, maybe that's why rocket hangs out with groot so much is groot is the heart yeah that Ro- rocket's so oh, like they're not just but in the first movie groot kills way more people than rocket yeah <laughs> groot also kills people in this scene oh as yeah a, as a yeah, wee baby yeah. toddler like uh, this is another i i liked the scene it's a really cool scene it is but it's Fucking not great. a guardians of the galaxy movie scene you have your biggest psychopaths yondu's not even a guardian like Mm. Yes, they shortchanged. No, no. They shortchanged real He's guardian an original story. Guardian. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but not in the universe that they've established, right? Like, I don't read these comic books. I Neither walk in I. as a fan <laughs> of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I and and I want to see the the characters that they'd established in the first movie. I want to see those stories develop. And instead, it's the Yondu show. And I really like Yondu. I love Michael Rooker. Give him all the roles. Give him these cool scenes. But, like, establish it so that I'm not getting shortchanged on, like, Gamora's story. I don't need Drax to be a point of comedy. There's a lot of pathos there. And I'm not seeing any of that. He's the destroyer. He gets zero kills in this movie. Instead, yeah. it's the Yondu show with Baby Groot not, just keeping it up. Not according to him, though. 
he got one big kill in the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> but okay. even then, that's played for comedy against yeah, him. Yeah, and it's that's, that's, it's yeah. just like everything about this movie is it's like every scene is good, but it doesn't go together. It's like having like a stout with a salad niçoise. Like I love both of those things. <laughs> You're so but California. Fuck me together. <laughs> like I can't. I can't. And that's how I feel about th- like everything about this movie is like good stuff, but it's all wrong. Sorry. I- <laughs> the one so that comes through is sorry. Yeah. Blah. No, every, but yeah, every everything is very frustratingly like good in individual pieces, but I guess it just doesn't work together. Like this on paper this should be my favorite movie. It's like cool ass music, Kurt Russell and his beautiful hair. Oh, this awesome scene hair. where people finally get fucking slaughtered and then there's I still feel, no real blood. I feel nothing. Well, there's never going to be. It's PG-13. I, I mean, my disagreement with that is, is it being the as it being the Yondu show is one. The Guardians changed. Like in the comic, they do. I know you're talking about this as a, as its own individual thing, but like Guardians of the Galaxy, these are these characters were chosen from among many characters, and and you can add people or take away as need be. But also, this is very much a thematic film. Like, it's all coherently about family. Except I mean, that they shortchanged the actual biological family with an awesome storyline in I favor think... of a fake family. Like, no. they well, still had... Well, to, not, a fake, I... not a fake family, but, like, Yandu's not his dad. Yandu abused this oh, kid his I whole life. Oh, I beg to disagree yeah. No, that. no, he's an abusive <laughs> he re- father. That's like yeah, saying the dirty... Yeah, so are a lot of biological dad. fathers. I, a lot of biological fathers gotta, are also I'm gonna get abusive. personal. As someone who yeah. this past year lost my biological family because they're a bunch of fucking assholes... Um, and uh, I don't want anything to do with him. I've built my own family of people around me. So I felt like this movie was very relatable. Yondu is more of a father than his real father, and I feel that way about the people that I put in my life as well, because I, I feel like that blood is thicker than water yep. is frequently wrong. That's yep, not what I'm totally. talking about, though. I'm talking about that Star-Lord had no good options, and we forgive Yondu for like literally just like psychologically torturing a child for his whole life because somehow that's preferable to death. And we reward him, well, and then we take this actual storyline about sisters. Star Lord was really good. Oh. He was really small and was really good at fitting in the tight spaces and stealing. <laughs> and he was good. Well, he was useful. The, but that, but that can speak to some of the issue with it. Is that it's like because this is this a, a movie James Gunn thing. Have its cake and eat it too. You know, like it just there's kind of a humor to it that plays against kind of what that's going for. Like I didn't have nearly as much of a problem with that just because I I didn't. But at the same time, I can see where you're coming from. It's just like. There, he's undercutting it in subtle ways, like the comedic elements. It's like, oh, you can fit in small spaces, and I'm Mary Poppins, they're all great lines, but they're masking what would have been a really interesting yeah, kind of dealing like it, with Yondu's it, treatment so, of Starler. Like, so yeah. wait a minute. But we don't spend enough time with how, that. It pulls but then all how do, of its punches. How do you feel about the good. scene between Rocket and Yondu? Both when they're on the ship and also when they escape. There's a really like intense moment where like Yondu's calling Rocket out on his like bullshit about like, you just want to hurt people because you've been hurt so much and you're you're pushing people away just so you can say, see, you never liked me in the first place. Though, though that Their relationship for me was the strongest in the right. film. But because it the, was coming but that's from what the an entire honest place film's of two, about. But no one else got that moment. Like, it's coming from this place of these two people are actually... Con- no. I, I got these I mean, two you, people are actually forced to confront But what about, like, uh, Nebula and uh, Gamora? That's their whole conflict, too. They keep pushing but each what? other away. But we never see it. We see it in one fight scene, and these are, like, central characters of the film. Yondu was, and Rocket got, like, three scenes. I, it's just, like, I don't... 
I don't know. I guess I just, like, have a harder time caring when, like, they establish these other characters in the first film as, like, being so much you, more well, I mean, what, what do you think about What do you think about then um, them kind of, uh, like... Because even Star-Lord's relationship with his both of his dads felt shortchanged in favor of the Yondu and Rocket adventures. Well, you know? when I first saw this movie, uh, Yondu's death, I was like, oh, that's a huge bummer. But then as I watched it again, I'm like, but it's kind of a cop-out for him? And Star-Lord's thing, like, because there's, like, there's unresolved things mm-hmm. there. And it's like that conversation between that that great conversation between Yondu and Rocket was so great, but like the Didn't Rocket is not the main he's not the yep, main character. In yeah. I also want to point out that the entire movie franchise to this point, I mean, we only have two, is about loss. I mean, the first scene in the first movie, he loses his mother without like resolution or anything, and gets sucked up into space. Then he loses one of his dads, mm-hmm. and and then he loses another dad. It's all about loss and kind of like there's not going to be any like simple clean resolutions because that's not how life is. And honestly, we don't need more exposition. Yeah. Just that's, to move it no, into I mean, one that's problem. Not that's I, not where, I mean, it's maybe just not undercutting it with humor. There's a, there's a point uh, where... Have you seen the first movie? Like, but, I mean, but there's, there's this but thing... Like, there's that video that went around on Facebook. I'm sure everybody here saw it where they bitch about the Marvel movies undercutting everything with humor. And I think mm. there's movies that do it that deserve you know damnation like the uh doctor strange is like horrible about this Mm. this movie i mean that is guardians like i know not everyone here reads the comics but like i've read almost every one of the major plot lines i've read it all the way up until grounded like i've read a lot of guardians this isn't a new thing for them like this is what they do like they do like they have their very serious moments and they always have a moment of comedy Mm. the first time that star lord and nova take on thanos they t- fight him in an undead planet, and whenever they die, they come back naked. So it's this horrible, <laughs> like, dramatic fight, and they die, and they come back, like, oh my god, where are my clothes? Like, well, the clothes don't come back to life. You do. So then they have to fight Thanos buck-ass naked, and it's hilarious, but it's right. also very serious. And, like, yeah. that is what Guardians do, and they do it better than anyone else in the but, Marvel well, Universe. What if, what if, what if some of that boils down to, like, just not faith that, this, like, we're, all these Marvel movies tend to status quo at the end? True, and, but... And, like, is Star Lord gonna be dealing with that in the next one? The, the, but his two dads but being I, gone. Like, but I don't even care. Ideally, ideally. But if they don't, I don't care because that's right. not like we're looking at the wrong. Fr- you're looking at the Marvel franchise and talking about Gar- Guardians, but, where but Guardians has done a also, very good job of saying we are the Guardians franchise. We are right. not part of the Marvel thing. They, they but that's keep the doing thing, their like, own thing. They're promising to be more, more than the other Marvel movies. They like, never promised that. Well, the first one I think like, that, no they've never promised that yeah, they just what are it, what it comes down to is the difference between undercutting a moment with humor with humor and enhancing like the reason the rocket Yondu scene worked is because rocket still cracks jokes he's still cracking wise like baby Groot's still bringing them the wrong materials it's a very funny scene but they still managed to incorporate the truth of the moment with the comedy without the comedy detracting or, or not letting you feel you know, and I think that's what this is missing. It feels like anytime Star Lord tries to have a serious moment, they punctuate it with a joke instead of the joke being like a chance for you to breathe before they pick up the pathos. You know, it's I. I, I, think I, ch- I was trying to keep track. everything just felt like it was dragging me along and then like oh this is too intense for you sweetie have a cookie well, and it's like I don't want the cookie like I want to laugh while I'm crying right now one of the biggest complaints about this movie is that the ending is too serious and not funny enough so I no that's what I love, I love the end. No, like, no. I'm not saying I have that complaint I'm saying that that is what you hear like so I mean you hear that all the time of people being like I don't know it's not funny at the end it's super serious and this is supposed to be a funny movie so, I and then I would mean. slap that person and be like, that's why our movies are getting dumber. You yeah. gotta stop yeah. slapping strangers. No. Yeah. <laughs> Keep slapping. No. It's a problem with America right now. Everyone we elected a dumbass because we thought it was going to be funny. 
<laughs> it's not funny. No, Don't get well. me started. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but I was trying to, when I first sat down to watch the movie, I'd watch it in two parts this week. I was trying to keep track of the serious moments that were undercut. Um, first one is a, the battle sequence with con- uh, the gold people. and uh, it's, Who are awesome. Yeah, the sovereign. And you think yeah, it's yeah. a really like serious uh, battle sequence until you realize that they're just playing video games. Uh, and then that, then they end up just being the internet where they ruin the guy on, and they're like, but then he fails, and they're like, you suck. Who was uh, from? That was a great moment. Farscape. Farscape. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna guy. talk about that. I was gonna talk. I about did not recognize him. Or is he? <laughs> he's from Farscape. He's yeah, the lead ben, ben Browder yeah. is the lead in Farscape. So, oh, and there's a yeah. lot of that's why you got There's a lot on. of yeah. Farscape influence in okay. this version of Guardians of the Galaxy, and I really wish he'd gotten a bigger part because he's amazing. And there I was, be more I was wondering why they focused on that character for yeah, so long, and I was like, was Ben oh, Browder. Oh, yeah. There should be. He should but have I, a bigger career, and he should have had a bigger part. I yeah. just liked how like it was like the internet for a little bit there, where they're rooting him on, rooting him on, yeah. and then he fails, then they See, all hate I him. I thought that was great. I uh, thought that was personally. I didn't think that was internet. That was I thought that was Last Starfighter because there's like yeah. three or four Last Starfighter references in there, and that's yeah, never exactly seen that. Yeah. Last Starfighter. Yeah, totally. Uh, and by the even, way, even uh, sorry, Quill's origin story is Last Starfighter. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the the uh, the end of the movie, like when the the spaceship does that big spin move and all the lasers fly out and kill everyone. Yeah. that's the end of Last Starfighter. Like there's. So Farscape and Last Starfighter. Yeah. I'm sure there's more. Um, I'm totally sure. So whether or not these actually are bad cuts to humor or whatnot, leave it up to your opinion, but these are just the ones I was keeping track of. So it's that one. And then when we're on Contraxia, which I think is funny that it's a, a like a hooker planet. You're like, you're going to contract something. Uh, <laughs> I totally didn't pick up on <laughs> I, I was thinking like we were... Oh, co- oh. I thought we were thinking contractually obligated. No. Yeah, that's where I was going. <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, contracts. I was thinking, you're going to get an STD or no, contract something. I but, uh, you nailed it. Wow. <laughs> I will never go to that planet. <laughs> I'm, now, I'm now imagining all these but robot hookers having like a system to flush out STDs. Oh, clear, no, they clearly <laughs> have malware. <laughs> uh, but the serious moment with Yandu getting uh, verbally bitch slapped, essentially, and then it's undercut by, by the girl coming up and then the roller not working. Oh, I love that. Uh, <laughs> it's still funny, that. but it's, it's a serious moment that's undercut by it. Um, and then, uh, now I'm just thinking snake, uh, snake saying, I'm going to explain your special heritage ego. to you, ego, uh, ego. <laughs> uh, but then he's like, and I gotta go take a whiz like serious moment. Now he has to, okay. Pee. Yeah. Out all the undercut humor moments. That's the only one I didn't like. Yeah. Cause I don't see, really like toilet humor. So mm. yeah. see for me, the only one I didn't like was the, uh, ego <laughs> at the end when he does the, uh, when he switches into David Hasselhoff. David no, Hasselhoff. Yeah. That, one that just, I enjoyed. See, I like yeah. seeing David Hasselhoff. It but felt that, like an odd it was, beat. It was yeah. also established, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It totally was. But it that just, was like it, a perfect manipulative dick move. Yeah. Like, that's where yeah. he showed his true colors. Yeah, like, really, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. But that was, I just, it felt like a comedic jab at the wrong moment. Like, I'm fine with her being a David that, Hasselhoff No, moment, but see, but. that's where the comedy plays into the plot. Mm-hmm. Like, it's funny, but that's also, like, really and mean. And dark, yeah. Yeah, I did I did go, like, ouch, as I was watching that movie. Yeah, sure. Peter's got not one but two mentally abusive fathers, you guys. <laughs> I mean, every whenever they say anything about people, it all comes back to our parents. So in a way, our parents are all abusive. Oh, yeah. Hooray. I fully, <laughs> I fully agree with that. I don't know. Welcome to this uh, That's why we become them in so many ways. But I, I was just like, being mean at that moment. I didn't really mean I, it. I, I do feel like, the f- going back, sorry to cut you off in the middle of your list, but... but As we going, keep doing. Going, hey, but we're getting talking points from my list. Sure. Yeah. But I, I'm... Like, I feel like the difference is Yondu realized 
he was too hard on Peter and felt bad about it and kind of apologized in his own way at the end. Which, got, I gotta be honest, like, if my parents apologized to me, I'd be like, cool, okay, thank you. All right, we can talk now. Mm. You know, I mean, all that... The it, realization make, of, of wronging. Making, yeah. realizing you've made a huge mistake. Well, I think that's why Yondu gets to be redeemable, is he protect, He also protects Peter mm-hmm. and and several times from death, and he realizes he fucked up. And, and, and he this, did this protect whole story him in the whole first a, one, too. Yeah, and this whole story is a way of him sort of realizing yeah. that he maybe uh, should have been nicer. And if I, any, sorry, but, if anything, this movie is like a solid continuation from the first movie because a lot of the unresolved issues we didn't get from the first film we're getting in this film. So, like, I can't imagine watching this film as a standalone mm. without seeing the first no. film. No, it really wouldn't have been yeah. so confusing. It wouldn't make sense. Uh, but that's the, one of its biggest The one thing I'll say mm. about the Yondu thing, and then I'll try to start letting it go, but the I think it was it's a potential problem with the... I can't. Uh, he's one of my favorite characters in the comic book I history. I mean, it's he's a very so good, important but, issue. But, I was talking to someone else yeah. who had huge problems with the daddy issues of this movie too. But here's the thing is I feel that it's a problem in the storytelling from both the first movie and the second movie where they made Yondu, Yondu too evil. They made him like too abusive to this to where there are the actual problems like where Sam comes in and is like Fair. no he's an abusive fucking horrible person. It's great that he redeems himself at the end but still do, like does it fully balance out? Not really. Like he tortured this kid so if they had kind of lessened the torture a little bit, yeah, that's fair. Like if it was only like the thing of like they always threatened to eat him. Like, like there's just one thing where like it was bad, but not the worst ever. This one feels extreme, you know, but they make him sound horrible. You know, it's funny. I'm thinking of, like Star Trek Prime Directive, where we're like looking at it from our cultural lens, but sure, then yeah. like we have to consider like this is a fucking alien he's race a, and yeah it's like maybe threatening to eat yeah maybe he was a slave for his early yeah. life right that, so and for, that's definitely true for yeah, him yeah. in his mind it's like i wasn't that bad at all what are you talking about yeah but i didn't still i didn't like, actually murder him yeah. <laughs> i never I ate him i didn't sell him off to slavery i didn't give yeah. him to the guy he's got all his appendages <laughs> but, but remember i mean he saved him in the beginning he's alive because yandu didn't give him to ego, ego. yeah after he gave away thousands of But kids. he didn't know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he didn't know sure. what that yeah. was going on there. And that and that's again what is a big part of this movie yeah. is his own contrition for his part in what happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just like and I think this will help us hopefully move on to other characters. It's just a <laughs> bummer that they spent so much time on that cuz that is like a really hard thing to reconcile when you do have like Drax learning to form kind of a familial bond with Mantis again after yeah. such loss, you know, and and you have Rocket coming to terms with his things. You have everyone kind of dealing with this new family member with baby Groot. Like, how do we form a family so that this little guy has a better chance than we all did? Yeah. And and for me, like, I think one of the most compelling stories that I was looking forward to going into this the first time was seeing the continuation of Nebula and Gamora's me stories. Yeah. And it just, that was so dissatisfying that all they got was one fight scene. Because no, no. I'm like... Like, oh, some badass ladies in the Marvel Universe. Like, Gamora is so competent, so much yeah. more competent. And they let her do that in the fight scenes. But whenever it comes to, like, any emotional moments and stuff, it's like they shortchange her, and it's such a he, bummer. Here's where I agree with you, that after their fight resolution, they should have been more involved with the Battle of Ego. Yes. Yes, yeah. I fully agree on that. But I think that fight was kick-ass and necessary. Oh, and that, com- like, that was, it was a beautiful moment. Yeah, yeah. I just it was wanted, a great fight. That's, I just why, wanted that's so why I don't understand no. the complaint on that. I'm oh, like, we got exactly yeah. the resolution because we I needed wanted, with those characters. I, I wanted right more, before though. Infinity War. Yeah. But you know I, it's going to continue but, into Infinity War. But I think I Sam know. wanted the same level of love and attention for their storyline that we got for Yondu's storyline. Sure, but, but I it's think... it's only one movie, I think, so... Here's the thing. And also, Yondu's gone. Now, they can continue. his storyline had to resolve here. It's a continuum in the next And here's what I want to do, especially since, like, most of your issues 
issue seemed to be just like how much time is spent per each kind of like individual bit. Yeah. We should actually break down the movie and sure. kind of like do the math. Like maybe everyone did get an appropriate amount of time. It just feels different. Yeah. Well, okay, so... But you also can't math mathematize a, a storyline. Yeah. It's all yeah. about I mean, quality of... Not according to script gurus, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but, like, if you look at it, like, just going, like, character to character, like, who's actually getting, like, beats, like, Peter's storyline, I think, is the by far the weakest in the story, in the movie, and it's not because it's a bad storyline, it's because they really it felt lazy, and I, I don't mean that in a negative way, but it's really, here's exposition dumps... And on to the interesting stuff yeah. with actual colors and movement and that sort of stuff. But yeah. you get his, you get Drax and Mantis, which was good, but mm. again, not super in there. And they only had one real emotional scene, which I still think is the strongest scene in the whole movie. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, so... Yeah, and like, I don't like Ego's plan. Like, the whole populating the planet, yeah. or the world, sure, but like the whole, I'm gonna also spread my goo yeah. 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 over was, every planet. I didn't understand it. That's... Yeah, I, yeah, I thought that was just a week kind of like, we have to make this relevant for Earth again. I but mean, like yeah. for a woman, uh, an intergalactic womanizer, I guess that makes sense. No, no, I, I got what he did. Yeah, yeah. I totally got what he did. It's just yeah. kind of like when we always had to cut back to like the spreading glue and the ticking time box. I'm like, I didn't need that. Just it, kick it no. out. It reminded me of yeah. the scene in Force Awakens where we uh, cut to. Um, is it Coruscant that we're looking at or, or wherever the Republic is? And we see these oh, people. It was a new never, planet. Yeah, yeah. These people we've never met before coming yeah, out right before their deaths. And it's, it's technically like, yeah, that was a, I have a problem with that. It's not I Coruscant. Am, but it's very annoying it that been. apparently Coruscant is blown up. No, 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 it's, no, it's, it's not, not Coruscant. It's, it's not Coruscant, it but no one gives a shit. It's it a new planet. They're talking about the core planets, and Coruscant's supposed to be the main. It was a new planet. Yeah, it was a new planet the Republic set up that you would have to go through the extra stuff to even know about. And like, it was actually a part of scenes that got cut out because that one feature, like, Kind of like a black woman who was in that. She is was that Prima sub- Eggman or somebody no, else? No, somebody oh. else. There's a scene with her cut out where she was talking to General Leia before she goes mm. back to the planet. So uh. that's why she felt very featured. Oh, we were supposed that. to care a little bit. Yeah, it was something that got on the uh, editing room. So floor, I have another complaint about that movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sorry, I didn't mean to right. sidetrack us. No, just well, so, and, and it's maybe, maybe, that, maybe that, that's kind of the the, the, the stem of the like kind of the dissatisfaction is that. Because that line is so weak with the ego thing and all yeah. that, it just starts to kind of permeate and really kind of just take away from spread. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's basically spread to these other elements that really could have used that extra bump. Maybe not necessarily equal footing, but maybe more. But so that that's kind of where I'm at. Like where, with what Sam's saying is like so Yondu and Rocket, I think get three scenes of like real like love and attention. Peter, I think gets like two or three ish, but then Drax gets one, Gamora gets one. Uh, everybody else gets like the one hit. So I, Gamora gets two when they capture Nebula. True. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that's true. But like the like where they really approach like the storyline with like the sisters and the moving on and that sort of stuff. It's really just one real attack. Nebula gets two too, actually, mm-hmm. and that's on my list of uh, wonderful moments ruined. <laughs> the fruit. Uh, yeah. The fruit. Not the fruit. Oh. It's the oh, moment the after funny. the mutiny and. Uh, uh, James Gunn's brother asks her what she's going to do with her half. Oh, and yeah. then she goes through her entireness of her I life, uh, how much pain she experienced, why she wants to kill uh, Gamora. And it's like, a, I actually he, love her speech right there. It's a yeah, great, intense moment. But and I see where you're going with this. And I know what you're going to say. He but ruins it. He, but of course he, he did, because that's his character. Like that one, if she had said that to anyone else in the world... Uh, an acceptable response would be like, okay, I'm sorry. But th- she said it to the dumbest guy in the ship. Right. Of course he's going to be like, I have no idea how to handle this. I'm going to make jokes in an awkward situation. Have Walk away. You've seen how girls just want to buy pretty things it, to make other girls jealous. Well, character yeah, motivated. He's a ravager. He's yeah, not. Character motivated. Like, I it's think not very it's woke. still an annoying mm. moment for I me. I think it didn't quite land. Like, I, 
Yeah. I, that was obviously the intent, but I don't think it quite worked because worked she was me. giving her all. I, it worked for me. Yeah. I liked it. Can, Can we, I just say, though, a, oh, would sorry. ship those two characters. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's, that's a she good needs, one. She needs that's a sweet. That's, that's my true detective season three. <laughs> I, 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 hope, I hope he does. I don't hope he does have a little crest. That's why he felt so yeah. awkward yeah, and, and could she respond. Needs, like, she needs like a sweet, dumb simpleton. Yeah. You know, just yeah. to like. Oh, that's perfect. a good one to think about. You've read One Punch Man, right? Yes. Like Genos. It's the way Genos <laughs> goes through. Like, I have, I came through the store and I had the superpower and I had to become the strongest. And Satama's just like, all right, whatever. I'm going to go shopping today. <laughs> God, now I'm actually thinking of April and Andy on um, on Parks and Rec. Because hmm. that's exactly their relationship. That she's just so like badass and awesome. And he's like, what? <laughs> yeah. Burt Macklin. <laughs> Can they just get their own little ship and go around like beating people up and stealing yeah, things? Yeah. If yeah. they are the the final killing blow of Thanos, I will love Marvel forever. Yeah. That'll be the thing that gets me like five star every all their movies, even the bad ones. If who final kills Thanos? Nebula and Dumbface. Uh, Peter Gunn. Gunn. Yeah. <laughs> Peter Gunn. James I think I'd be Sean. a little annoyed Sean at that that choice. Yeah. That's just the show. Like I would just like Gamora and Nebula to do it together. Yeah. Yeah. I would like them to be. That's able to... probably why they yeah. didn't get as much in this mm-hmm. movie. I'll wager yeah. that's what the. Third I really hope so. But but I, Marvel I, I just, doesn't like giving the... ladies things to do. And this so. one thing oh, that can we? I want to talk about their fight. <laughs> okay. I want to come back. Put a pin in that. We're coming back. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a lot to talk about in this movie. There apparently, is. I don't think there's a lot to talk about with their fight. But go for it because I think their fight was cool and then it was over. But the thing that I love about their fight is it wasn't the cat fight. Mm-hmm. True. It's yeah, one no. thing that specifically male brawl, directors sure. yeah. do that they sexualize women fighting mm-hmm. and it was not sexualized, which no. I appreciate so yeah, much. Yeah, no low angle shots, no like cat like cat yeah. pose. It yeah. was very much a sister fight, very much a, a very heated It was two warriors battling. Fight. Yeah. And it's such yeah. a beautiful illustration of the when you don't actually want to kill somebody type of fight. Another movie reference, North by Northwest. Yes. Oh, yeah. oh right. totally, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't really think of that. But it, It's almost like James Gunn likes movies. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so great at how they could have killed each other. Easily. She's carrying Many a moments. huge fucking machine gun. And she, and she comes at her by surprise from the back in a in a plane. Yeah. yeah. And they do, they keep not killing each other, even though these there's no excuse for them to not have been able to. But it just breaks down into their relationship of they have issues but they still love each other and it was reflected in such a great way they even almost say that initially when they're like after the the battle's over it's like you thanos played each other played us against each other and you kept beating me and Mm -hmm. i had to keep getting like cybernetically enhanced i could never beat you because Gamora didn't want to kill him. In a way, Nebula didn't want to kill her either. No. She just was, wants the pain in. But that's why <laughs> a great line where yeah. she's just like, I just wanted a sister. Mm-hmm. And that's a moment for Gamora. It's a great like, she's moment. she's never yeah. seen it that way before. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, shit. And I just, it like, all makes sense to her. But I would I, argue that they don't love each other. I'd say they want to love each other. Mm-hmm. Yes. Sure, yeah. yeah. But, but that's the whole, that's everybody. In yeah, this totally, totally. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I, I think also that's an important it. distinction between the two. Mm. The first thing that they say after they're done fighting each other is just Nebula just goes, "I win." Yeah, <laughs> that's so like it's a, it's it's yeah. Yeah, it is an incredibly a sibling moment. Yeah, totally. Oh, like yeah. this time I won. Yeah. And no, and it's so sad. I don't think I ever got to say that to my can't sister let her ever. Have it either. Yeah. Yeah. So you can see that relationship is still playing out the same dynamics. Yeah. And even Where when they, she says, "I win," she's like, "No, you didn't. I saved you." <laughs> it's like just it's been so ingrained in their heads by this person that. They, they can't have a relationship. And it's so nice because I feel like in that fight, they're literally just tearing down 
all the shit that Thanos put in their brain. Oh, yeah. abusive They're father. going to be yeah. able yeah. to have a relationship after that fight. Yeah, just getting that shit out and clearing a path so that they can relate to one another as individuals. Without the, moral, the, the moral of this entire movie is dads are shit until they die. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And even after they die. I love my dad. Even, even, <laughs> after, my dad even after they die, yeah. some of them are still shit. So, I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> and we have a dad here. Oh. Yeah, but we all know John's shit. That's, that's you don't belong in the Guardians universe, John. I'm sorry. Oh. That's why we make so many jokes. Dad jokes. We're trying to... <laughs> we're trying to say you're not that bad. <laughs> right, right. It's, it's more of a, I'm okay, I'm, I don't mean any harm. I'm sort of sorry. Like I'm any... going to F it up no matter what because there, I'm a dad. There haven't been any evil mothers yet. No. I want some evil moms. Hold on. I like One Piece. There's got to be. <laughs> gotta be Tony Stark's mom. mom was kind of rude. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst thing. Not even movie. evil, just yeah. kind of rude. Well, uh, tangled. Uh, the, the that's not Marvel. Disney. That's, yeah. Disney that's has Disney. tons of evil moms. No, Marvel we said Marvel. Oh. No, they're not. They're, yeah, yeah. they're owned by Disney. But, yeah. There's uh, got to be an evil mom. Somewhere. Anyhow, let's go back to that pin. Yeah. Oh, uh, oh yeah. yeah. Well, no, I just, a lot of people may not know that uh, originally Marvel had this program where five writers were chosen. I really wanted to be in that list, but uh, five writers were chosen to work for Marvel and they basically did rewrites and polishes and anything Marvel Studios wanted them to do. And each of the writers was allowed to dig through the back catalog and pick something that was not already on the slate to develop and write a screenplay based on. And Nicole Perlman was one of them and she's a really big science geek and she saw a, a comic book about space and she pulled it out of the pile, this obscure comic book that wasn't really well known. And she developed it and she wrote a screenplay and of the five writers this is the only one that moved forward guardians is exists this movie exists because of nicole perlman and and then james gunn came in and did his work which is amazing because he does a good job but what you were saying about him not necessarily having the best track record with women it was really upsetting when the first movie came out and she was basically removed as much as possible from the story of this film like you barely it's they're constantly talking about how great james gunn is james gunn movie james gunn wrote it wrote it wrote it wrote it and wrote he it. went out of his way to discredit her involvement with the screenplays yeah. like the wga always gives preference to first writers which is true but like if he did as much as he said they would have taken her off yes. like and again, this she's the one who picked the characters. Yeah. The reason it's about Peter and Gamora and everyone else is because Nicole's the one who chose them. This is ostensibly her. This started with her. And yet when you watch the interviews, not only is she not mentioned, but none of the writers of the comic books are ever mentioned. And that's a bit upsetting as well. Yeah. So that's and my especially, issue with like, this. Not to just throw another man on the pile, but it's like Brian Michael Bendis deserves some credit mm-hmm. for this. And he never gets any because he's really kind of shaped the modern like marvel communication like the quippy back and forth like if you go to the comics like if anybody has like that real like quick back and forth comedic timing it's brian michael bendis and like he did it for guardians he did it for x-men he did it for the avengers like he's great at that stuff it always feels like really marvel's like golden boy like he does all their big things now but but always feels like the cinematic universe is constantly trying to distance themselves from their source material it's really odd it was intense Mm. like I, i can't think of a single movie where they really reference the original writers a lot like it really like they beyond always, stan lee yeah yeah they're yeah, beyond stan, stan lee, lee they're always the place. they're always talking about the current writer for the movie or the director for the movie or the whatever for the movie them actually talking about the comics that these comic book movies are based off of doesn't really happen part no. of that is international marketing yeah because these movies have such an international audience. Um, I'm working on a property right now that's based on a Dr. Seuss book, and we can't really mention Seuss in marketing when oh we're talking God. to our international... Well, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't rhyme overseas. Yeah, yeah no, totally. I guess our um, greatest example in America, then, is um, 
I just lost the name of it. But like, um, Rin Tin Tin, not, mm. not Rin Tin Adventures of Tin Tin. Adventures of Tin Tin. Yeah, the Steven like, Spielberg movie. <laughs> like, like, no, was, these are. No <laughs> one cared about that in America. Yeah, yeah. these are best selling graphic novels by Harry I have the whole collection in a <laughs> yeah. pristine, like, in a great edition. And I love them. <laughs> but no, it's a Steven Spielberg movie. And it's, I mean, it is, but like, it looks so much like the books. Yeah. And it's so crazy. But yeah. But not like, there's like. There's even no love for like Kelly Sue DeConnick right now, who's like arguably the reason Captain Marvel's love, popular. Fucking so love her because she brought that back and it was mm-hmm. huge yeah. and great, and she well, did so good with it. And now it's just like, no, nah, it's Captain Marvel's cool, but Kelly Sue can. I mean, well, she's got Bitch Planet, and it's awesome. A, Bitch Planet is fucking great. I think I think part of that part of that too is just that um, comic book artists and writers get no love. They don't get they paid. Don't. They don't get paid what they should no. be getting no. paid. First mm-hmm. and foremost, you cannot make a living as a comic book artist unless you're Jim Lee status. You don't get. There's no. I'm Mike Mignola. Jim Lee. You don't get any Greg health Capullo. benefits. Yeah. Like, there's a few. But. There's a few, but it's not like if you're a working professional, you're just like you're going to be fucking freelancing forever. Uh, yeah. Hashtag Here Initiative. If you ever want to support your local comic book writer and artist, donate to them. Mm-hmm. Who, who is this again? Hero Initiative. Hero Initiative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is a foundation that is specifically made to support comic book artists especially when they have health issues since there is no union there's no health plans they can very easily just fall apart because they don't have a support system and they have crazy deadlines that they put out all the time and the rumors are everywhere that the comic book industry is going down oh obviously yeah yeah it's very sad. Ugh. But really quick, before we get to the end of this thing, uh, part of the reason I'm excited about having Brian on the show is because Brian works on shows with big team-ups like Teen Titans Go. And I wanted to get your take on this thing as a team-up thing. What do you like the most about it? What do you like the least about it? What would you change if you were able to sit in a director's chair of like a cartoon of Guardians? Oh, my God. Okay. That's a big question. Lots uh, of them, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, like I said uh, a little earlier is that this film specifically can't work as a standalone because it's resolving a lot of issues that get that get brought up in the the previous film. Uh, I think, I, I think I was telling a friend about this. Uh, what I really like about this movie as a team up, it feels more like the first movie is Star Wars. This movie's Star Trek. This movie's Star okay. Trek Five. Basically, <laughs> Spock has a brother. He goes to see this brother who's trying to find God, and God is like the thing. Spoiler oh alert. Yeah, wow. God's an alien. <laughs> so this is a good comparison. Version of I never would have. I never yeah. thought about that. That's why it doesn't feel like the first film so much. Because first film, Star Wars, like a group of adventurers get together and they defeat an evil empire. This movie, a group of adventurers who they already have a prior relationship. We don't need to rehash because we already know the Star Trek crew. Go on a singular adventure. And they solve that one issue, and they move on with their other adventures. There's even a campfire scene. This is there way is. too close to Star Oh, my God. Yeah, that's, wow. why, that's why when Mine's people... blown yeah, off. Damn. That's why when people say what they like about this movie and what they didn't like about the prior or vice versa, I'm like, well, maybe you're a Star Trek fan, not a Star Wars fan. Or maybe you're a Star I'm Wars both. fan, not a Star so Trek fan. Yeah, I love both. I never choose. I'm like... Why do we have it, to? Yeah, that's why I always say as a kid. It's the weirdest battle in yeah, Geek Zone. There's, gr- there's great Star Wars movies and there's shitty Star Wars movies. Vice versa, mm-hmm. great Star Trek episodes, shitty Star Trek episodes. So, yeah. Uh, and I was kind of arguing which is best. You could have just watched another one of those. Right, and you go back sure. and forth. But uh, I think <laughs> the thing I would change or I would add maybe, like, how long is the running time? Like 2.30? Uh, not even, It's like 2.05, I want to say. Yeah, I could add, like, maybe 10 more minutes of issues with characters time because i don't think we got enough drax and drac backstory and drac and man but he got even. the most honestly i would say drax got the most emotional moment out of his out scenes of yeah yeah what 
He got the most out of his scenes that he was in, but I wanted more of that. He even wanted people said there was too much baby Groot, but I wanted more Groot and Rocket. I felt like yeah. it was more Rocket and Yondu than Rocket and Groot. I thought I was fine without more Groot. Yeah. There, there's a deleted scene uh, or a deleted extension of that scene with Drax and Mantis where she goes on about a speech about the way she feels when she touched him, and I'm so glad they cut it. Mm. They just let that moment play quietly, and that was it. Okay. You know? Yeah, this movie that. had enough exposition in it. They did not need more. Yeah. Yeah, this movie could have done a little bit more showing and not telling. Yeah, yeah I, that's one thing that I didn't get to say is I could have really done without the exposition hallway. Yeah. Well, I mean, once was fine. It's the fact that they go back to it. So that's what the problem is. I did. There were some really beautiful. I mean, James Gunn's a really great visual director, and I feel like this movie even had more. He, he was allowed to be a little bit more artsy. Like that, I fucking love that shot of Star Lord in the lower corner of the screen on Ego's ship and they just like have the whole empty space behind him while he's listening to his Walkman Mm -hmm. it's so and I think that the chain is still playing at that point um, and all the slow-mo that they did in that sequence like there's just some really beautiful shots within like what was shot largely on a green screen I mean it's kind of amazing how they managed to really pull a lot of this off and it's because I mean he did have a really like I mean despite his lack of ability to give people credit for the writing (laughs) he he does a really great job with a lot he's he he drew those storyboards he you know he knew exactly what he was like he chose the songs it's very much his vision and it works there's there's a sense of his visual style in there and all those and the scene that stands out to me the most is that where they're hyper jumping between the planets and their faces (laughs) just get so grotesque (laughs) and I love that that's my favorite scene in the movie because it's so (laughs) oh yeah the the watchers watchers. yes I was so happy and they're walking away from Stanley (laughs) oh oh if that was the last Stanley cameo uh, ever like if he died the next day I would have been sad stuck there yeah just stuck on a planet (laughs) with the Cosmo dog that would have been amazing that's Stanley Gone forever. <laughs> but did you have more to build off what Brian asked you? I feel like we took away from no, you. No, I think that was it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Then I think we should move into quotes. Mm. Quotes, quotes, quotes. I'll go first since I didn't have my I have mine in my head not written down. Um, I Since I am such a massive Farscape fan... Um, and there were the relationship between Star Lord and Nebula. I mean, um, <laughs> and Gamora is so Aaron and John from Farscape, um, <laughs> where John is. For those of you who don't know the show, John is a human who's lost in space among aliens and falls in love with an alien girl, and she's a tough, badass chick of the universe. And um, there's so and Claudia Black is amazing, and there are so many scenes where like the he, but he like. Like Star-Lord, he keeps making references to Earth shit all the time. Um, there's there's a great scene where uh, she's she's trying to learn his lingo, and there's this crazy alien lady, and she goes, she gives me a Woody. And he's like, Woody? And she goes, yeah, like when you don't trust someone or when they're un- weird. And he's like, no, 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 willies. She gives you the willies. <laughs> so so when, when they're talking and having that discussion about romantic comedy TV shows and, and everything and he's just like this is not like Cheers at all this is not this is like that dumb show that we get zero ratings and then she just goes I don't know what Cheers is <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite uh, mine it comes from pretty early in the movie because I, I like it when the Guardians are together and this movie is largely about them getting back together um, but it's right when they realize that the, the Sovereign are chasing them and I, I, it's kind of three lines together, but it has to work, or the line doesn't play off. But it's between Drax and Rocket. Like, why would they be chasing us? And he goes, probably because Rocket took some of their batteries. And Rocket goes, dude! <laughs> and then Drax looks around and is like, right, he didn't steal some of those. I don't know why they're after us. What a, what a mystery this is. <laughs> um, I guess I'll go with one of the serious moments of the movie. Uh, just because it is such a beautiful line for a egotistical ego. Uh, 
and how every villain views themselves as their own hero. Uh, when Ego says, it broke my heart to put that tumor in her head. Like, mm-hmm. he's, he still feels bad. He got hurt by that, but he did what was necessary. I mean, even though that's an absolutely terrible oh. thing to do, no matter who you tell that to, they would never see it from your point of view. But from his point of view, it's he, a he sacrifice he, had to, do, he yeah. had to do. Oh, it's it's even worse than that. It's one of those, like, why'd you make me hit you scenario. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. That's that what that gross. is. He, that's why I was like... And talk about underplaying. He just delivered that. And they'd even, like, make the moment tense. They'd yeah. bring down the lights. Oh, he just delivered that like it was casual. Yeah, and then yeah. I loved how immediately with that one line, his fade. eyes fade back to normal and he just starts shooting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, not a, missing a beat. Like, and, you've killed my mother. Mm-hmm. Excellent use of a Zolly. Yeah. That's the, I love Zollies. Yeah. That's the one thing that, I like, I really appreciated that they did. They didn't make Ego openly sinister. He's just gross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, he is pure ego, and it's disgusting. Yeah. yeah. Like, you, yeah, there's just no humanity there, and I thought they did a really good job Probably one of the better that. Marvel villains. Yeah. For sure. I would yeah. almost argue the best under Loki, because mm-hmm. every other villain is just so... That's, but that's Marvel villains. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. That's, 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 that's the comics yeah. fault. Unless yeah. we're talking TV because Kilgrave was also pretty Oh, yeah. Kil- Kilgrave's oh. right. Yeah. That was a great... Yeah. He elevated that, yeah. for sure. And you actually saw him hurt people. You didn't really see... You didn't even see Ego hurt people in this movie, really. He just mm. talked about it. But what made it so scary is just how matter-of-fact it was. Because like, it yeah. was all about him. It, it was. Those things didn't matter. Like, and they couldn't have cast anyone better than Kurt Russell because you kind of buy into his bullshit. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. Because you, know? you want to like James him. Gunn said in the in one of the little featurettes that, like, he picked Kurt Russell uh, because he was trying to figure out, it, since it was starting in the 80s, who would he have cast as Peter Quill if it was a movie set in the 80s? Mm-hmm. And that's because well, we've, we've bought choice. into Kurt Russell's bull. I mean, Overboard is such a gross oh. movie, oh, but you, yeah. I love that movie. Oh, <laughs> oh my god, it's such a fun movie, but then you're just like, oh, back into quotes, back into quotes. We talk about that weird ass rape, but you're okay with it moving. We somehow managed to go the whole time without going to Kurt Russell Love Fest, and I'm very proud of us for that. Let's stop it before it starts. We almost went overboard. Um, I'll go next. This is why people hate dads. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm contributing to the problem. Uh, my quote's really quick. It's in the very beginning where uh, basically Groot uh, waves high at uh, Gamora as she's fighting a thing, and she has that moment of like, oh, hi, before getting like swiped by the thing. So and cute. that moment of like tenor's like, oh, yeah, hey, it's a pleasant thing. I was like, this is really great. It kind of got me like, into the humor of this. Go for it. Okay. Uh, I don't know if I have a quote per se, because uh, I don't want to be obvious, but... Uh... My favorite moment in this in the movie, which you haven't talked about, is when uh, uh, Quill's trying to use his powers for the first time with Ego's help, mm-hmm. and it's that moment where he, like Ego just kind of like shows him what you could do with this, and then Quill can barely form a ball, and he starts tossing the baseball back and forth. And I think there's a line earlier saying like I never got to play like yeah. ball, my old man. I'm like, I wish we'd see stuff like that in like Dragon Ball. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> Gohan. Like instead, it's always like big energy blast. Like no, it's just throw some energy back and forth with the old man. I just Aww. like, if I saw that in any of like anime or like super powered thing, I'm like, that's really sweet and touching. That's something you can only do with cinema. Totally. But, yeah. Yeah. Uh, who hasn't gone? Me. Um, you kind of already said this earlier, but my favorite thing is when Nebula is screaming at Gamora, you're the one who wanted to win, but I just wanted a sister. You were all I had. It's a very sweet I, moment. Yeah, yeah, it's a moment super where you poignant. see the chink in Nebula's armor. Yeah. Like, you see kind of Everything she's done that's made her seem evil suddenly makes yeah. sense. And you're like, oh, man, you're really, like, yeah, no, you're really messed up. And yeah. hopefully you can get around. <laughs> something that I will say is I wasn't 
as much as I like Karen Gillian the first time around, she did way better this time. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. she's they gave gr- her more to do. She well, was just a henchman in the first movie. I think she's just growing into an actress. Yeah, she's very a young. lot. Yeah, I mean she's still. But like Doctor Who, I don't think required a lot of her. Mm. Uh, and then the first one of these was really just like it was more like the makeup acting. She did a great job with it. But it's more like as long as she put on the suit, she could be the character. This one, she actually had to bring a lot to the plate. I think she did it like fantastic. Yeah, all the subtle stuff going on behind the scenes, like her trying to act cool. Oh. And yeah, like the and hug. Then the fruit. Oh, the, the hug. hug. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And just to, like, just what's like, the, she doesn't know what, what is to a do? hug? Yeah. I've, I've never do. had a hug. Yeah, I, I think she was phenomenal. Robot limbs won't work. Yeah. Uh, that's everyone, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. All right, so review systems movies that take place in space. I'll go first because I've had mine locked and loaded pretty much this whole episode. Uh, And I've already mentioned it. Last Starfighter. Uh, Mostly because I like the sense of humor in Last Starfighter. uh, Specifically when Alex's clone is in his bed and his little brother finds He's like, oh my god! It's a great moment if you haven't seen the movie. Uh, But the sense of humor and like the way that like it's always kind of self-referential and it's always in this movie... Uh, it's kind of all over the place in this movie. And like, since they borrowed from it so much, and like it's a really good companion piece to this one, where you could watch that one and this one, and it feels like you're watching a similar style of universe and whatnot. Uh, I, if you like this movie, you will definitely like Last Starfighter, as long as you can deal with the, the aged graphics. Because they're a little janky, but they're okay. Oh, uh, I got an interesting note. I learned this uh, through college. So Last Starfighter uses CG animation. Right. One of the first films to do it. Uh, that same studio approached uh, Lucas Films to do that for I think maybe episode uh, episode five or maybe episode six at the time, but they turned it down because obviously it's like, well, this looks too clean. We want yeah, like we Star Wars Star Star Wars a little gritty, so we almost had that for uh, maybe episode six. They made the right call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love Last Starfighter, but that would have looked terrible. Mm. Uh, Serenity, because cool. nobody, despite his recent. Anyway, um, nobody does uh, creating a family out of the people around you like Joss Whedon. Mm. And, and also talking about humor undercutting serious moments. I mean, that's all he does. So that, yeah. that movie is very much about the family unit and, and sort of and the grittiness of space and all of that. I got one. Go. Wally. Oh, <laughs> it's got a lot of moments that I really love, but I'm not quite sure it all adds up in the end. <laughs> Also very beautiful. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very beautiful and, the great, and great music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like to believe it adds up just because I love it so much. No, I, I, I totally I, agree with the, you. You're, the back you're spot half, on. Yeah, the back half yeah. never quite adds up, but mm-hmm. I love it all. And yeah. You know, originally they were going to do that movie entirely uh, pantomime. That, yeah, I would have so. loved that. But they, they backed away because when end, they obviously. when they added the little Jeff Garland jelly beans, I kind of it always kind of derails a yeah. little bit. I mean, it's it's a lot of Pixar like losing their losing their shit at the end. Just same thing happened with a Brave. They changed their mind yeah. later and then Speaking ruined of it. Jelly beans, one little bit of trivia that I think is fun is that the shirt that Star Lord is wearing is actually supposed to be an alien candy brand because he's obsessed with candy. Oh, that's cool. Aw. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah they never like really candy. bring that into the movie. I always speak I don't remember of, him ever eating candy. Speaking uh, of really, uh, he had candy all yeah, Groot does and he had candy uh, all over in the first film. Well yeah, they have that like jar yeah. on the ship. Uh speaking of which, so as you mentioned Serenity, uh it just I could see that design being like the OG sure. bar. Yeah. yeah. So. OD bar. I don't oh, have nice. a great one for this, Kay. but I will go with the first uh, Star Trek from uh, Abrams. Abrams. Because uh, it was, quote unquote, a risk. Uh, when you're rebooting Star Trek, it's definitely a risk. Uh, and they won a lot of people and they lost a lot of people. 
which this movie kind of did with all the daddy issues. Uh, and they had some hot Chris's. Yeah, they had some hot Chris's. Uh, and they do undercut a lot of moments in that movie with humor, uh, which Star Trek never really did before. Mm-hmm. So it was new and flashy. And it all involved a guy who also wanted to destroy the universe for very selfish reasons. That works better than I think you were thinking it was going to. Yeah. <laughs> Next. Uh, I'll go. And it's uh, kind of a, th- a, a thin connection, but I'm going to go with Rogue One. Because it's about a uh, terrible dad. Okay. Who has to redeem himself. But, you know, in, this, in, in Guardians he doesn't. But it's about just dealing with the legacy of the parents that are not good, but we don't know why. Sensible I would father. argue he's not a terrible dad, but no, that's a whole a different dad. thing. He's just an absent father. Yeah, he's a kidnapped well. dad. <laughs> <laughs> but just that sense of what that carries on to the younger generation having to navigate not knowing. Sons of the father. Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah, also, works. Vader was in it, and he's kind of like, par- yeah. like he's, he's but the pinnacle saying, of bad dad. If you're going yeah. to make an argument for a bad dad in that movie, I think you're leaning on the wrong one, because there's, you know, Vader. Right, right, but it, Forrest his, Whitaker his, his, was also kind of a bad father figure. Yeah, I yeah. think yeah. I'd say he was worse than the other. Yeah, yeah. See, yeah. a lady, get, a lady's get, abandoned yeah. by two dads. Yeah. Like yeah. that's yeah. horrible. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah, there you go. But like even the Vader, he's not in there as much. He's kind of tacked on. Well, yeah. there, and there's, we've we've done there's so much <laughs> of that. Yeah, yeah. Tacked on. That entire movie's tacked on. Yeah. <laughs> Those I are fighting words. We're gonna keep moving. I'm sorry. No, we're gonna keep moving. We're not getting into that fight. We I feel you. Did we use up all our fight time on Book of Eli? Yeah, we did. We did. Moving oh, we're gonna, oh, we uh, we can do that. Uh, we'll do that after the podcast. She's, she's That'll be fun. I, I like Star Wars. I just don't like that movie. Yeah, this is from that movie. <laughs> eh. I love that movie. I love that movie. I, yeah, but, Rogue One oh, is I love God. that movie. Rogue One is fantastic. You guys are really, really putting yourselves in pits right now. <laughs> all of you. You're a numbered. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, Who hasn't gone? I haven't gone. All right. Uh... So mine's going to be a super deep cut. It's Space Trucker. That is, yep, that's a super deep cut. So it's Stephen Dorf in that. Yes, he is. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, and also the is late there great a th- the a theme late... song with that. Just Space Trucker. I, I don't remember. I haven't seen it. I don't think it was just like that. <laughs> I haven't seen it in like seventeen years. But it's, it stars the late great Dennis Hopper as a kind of southern trucker. Yeah, I've never seen it. The the assassin robot. The end of that thing is. Fucking beast! I love it so much. It's I put that in the same round as the original Judge Dredd, which also had Cy Stallone, which is also in Guardians. Uh, as in like great robots and shitty fucking movies. <laughs> but like Dennis so Hopper's like a uh, kind of like malcontent uh, Southern trucker with kind of a crew that he's like on the outs a smuggler, which is like Yondu. It's very much like that. And he's a father figure to the Stephen Dorff character, and who's like the humanoid and tasked by a corporation to deliver. A, a prototype super destructing weapon and then uh, uh dennis hopper's character chooses not to because it's going to kill people which is basically quill and yondu so space trucker that really Guardians. works space I, trucker that, <laughs> it used to show up on like hbo at one in the morning when i was yeah. in high school and that's when i that's when i saw it. i haven't seen it since and i don't think i've ever even finished it but i, I remember like, i don't even know if it has a dvd release <laughs> yeah i don't it's worth looking into yeah. space trucker officially endorsed by after the hype <laughs> maybe yeah. uh all right, that's everything, right? Yeah. That's everybody? Everybody's yeah, gone? We, we did. did. I was we half did. paying attention. Yeah, we've yeah. covered Guardians of the Galaxy Woo! Volume 2. I was going to say, I'm, I'm happy that we were able to have this discussion about it, because that means it's doing something. If oh, yeah. If it's doing something that the other Marvel movies aren't doing, that we have this many like 
quips and nitpicks yeah. and I, things that thing, really kind of bring out our... It's a thing, lot more than Dr. Strange had in it. Yeah, yeah, the thing I would say I about... I disagree, but I feel like I've never had a chance to talk Thor with you guys because, guys, I could go all day. Well, we, <laughs> we how, like Thor. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so here's the, here's the thing about, I would say, the Marvel films is that at worst, they're, the worst Marvel films are mediocre. They're never below mediocre, in my opinion. Uh, a bad film is fucking Batman v Superman. Oh, I love that uh, movie. We can't and go down Suicide that Squad. Yeah. We can't. Uh, we're yes. we're going to fight, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, Suicide Squad's so, not great. It's yeah, yeah. just like, guys, if there's no episode next week, it's because we're all dead. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've murdered, Disagreeing on movies. I've murdered everybody. <laughs> but, uh, they can't yeah. kill me. I'm already dead. I ate a donut last week. Yeah, and so like, at least like a film like this can get people to talk about things. Like, There's things to pull. It's like, well, that was interesting. That was not interesting. What was that about? Well, I don't this, know how this that fits in. It made me think about just how complex the complex ideas that they're trying to do right. and maybe and they're, they're not doing it well or not yeah. i would rather have that yeah it's a gamble mediocre non-message right sure yeah. Yeah. yeah sure uh so you can find us www.athpod.com uh i can say www really fast www uh and then you can follow us on twitter ath underscore podcast you can find us everywhere else ath podcast uh what else am i missing spotify listen to us uh our playlist every week on spotify subscribe pretty good one this last yeah this uh the one that came out last Friday, if you're listening to this on Thursday, you can still listen to it today. It was uh, all Close Encounters of the Theme Kind themed, and uh, I think we did pretty good. I mean, it is definitely not music from Close Encounters, but no, no. if you listen to it, they all tie in pretty well, I think. I got yeah. Katy Perry in there. I got Kesha yeah. in there. Yeah. You got but, Kanye in there. But it works surprisingly yeah, yeah. well. Uh, and then start coming out tomorrow, we have it for the movie It. So that Super excited about that one, guys. I wonder if really we can find excited. another Katy Perry song to work for that one. Yeah. I just like torturing you. <laughs> I, I, well, I don't have to put this one together, so don't worry about it. We're making the person who's afraid of clowns do the theme, <laughs> do the playlist on clowns. <laughs> just think of it. At Tim least Curry. it's not like a visual. Like if it was a right. pic- pictures I had to put together, then I would just be like, no. Yeah. Uh, plugs for you guys. Do you have any episodes coming out you want to plug? Yeah, I should plug a couple of things. I always forget. Uh, so if you want to see me talk about animation, interview animation guests, friends of mine, and people who I've worked with, or uh, and other people I've. Uh, have associations with uh check out the animation success stories podcast that's the ass podcast yes you heard right uh check us out on youtube uh every week or so we interview uh people and talk about their success stories and get into animation and if you also want to if you're a fan of one piece the uh, japanese manga and anime series i occasionally guest star and guest host on the one piece podcast which comes out every week if you're not caught up with the series, don't listen to until you read everything, all 877 Lord, chapters. There's so much One Piece. It's out there. the Ooh. best series of all time. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and yeah, you can check out my Twitter, Dark King Zoro, if you want to hear me rant about politics and uh, I don't know, black stuff. <laughs> politics and black stuff. Yeah. Do you have an example? Uh, fuck Trump. Fuck Ben Carson. Uh, this whole like them trying to remove DACA from the dreams or dreamers. It's basically revealing exactly what this country is. Because I t- I tweeted about it a little while ago. Like, don't forget, the Trail of Tears happened here. Yeah, yeah, it did. We stole this land from Mexico, straight up. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, the fact that we would be genocidal fucks is not surprising to anybody. Guys, that was an be. episode of Adam ruins everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Was. yeah uh, so don't don't sleep on this country. We're capable of doing terrible things. That's why we have to be vigilant. Nice. Yeah. Sam, do you have anything to plug? Um, I'm in between personal projects right now, but I guess if you get a chance to see Despicable Me while it's still in theaters, 
cool. Um, <laughs> otherwise, too, um, I do volunteer at an animal shelter. So, and we're trying to clear the shelters for kittens this month. We're doing two for one at the Found Animals in Culver City. Um, if you go to foundanimals.org, you can find out more about microchipping and kittens and stuff. I guess so. That's that. Cool. That works. Kittens are cute. I love cats. Kittens are cute. Sure. I love cats. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what a mystery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, thank you so much for everybody for coming out. Uh, it was really great having you. I'm glad we talked about this movie. And bye! Bye! bye.